Thank you for setting the scene so well. I feel a little bit um, like I'm interrupting something to come and speak after worshipping and responding to God like that. But it's not going to deter me. It never has. Um, because I do really want to speak into this theme that we've been building on this morning. I want to share with you what I believe is a radical truth. It might not sound that radical, but here it is. It's the fact that God is generous. Not just nominally generous, not just he sometimes is good to us, but abundantly, radically, tenaciously, extravagantly, self-sacrificially generous. That is who God is. One of his defining characteristics, perhaps the defining characteristic of God is that he is generous. Our God gives life, gives love, gives good gifts, and gives himself. That's his nature. God gives glory and honour to his creation, including us, and we just heard from some of the Psalms, Psalm 8, when I consider the heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place. What is mankind that you're mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them. You've made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honour. You've made them rulers over the works of your hands and put everything under their feet. God is generous. He not only created us and gave us this spectacular world to live in, he also gave us his authority and his glory. He said, I am setting my image upon you, generously choosing and sharing who I am with you. Not because he had to, but because that is who he is. He is the generous, creative, loving God. God is generous. It's a simple but radical statement. I hope in some ways that I sound like a prosperity gospel speaker this morning. I kind of have to because when you get into the generosity of God, it is extreme. Some people have misrepresented it. Some people have probably oversimplified the generosity of God or try and manipulate it and turn it into a system where if you do this, God will do this. That's not how it works. But just because some people have done that doesn't make it any less true. God is ridiculously generous to us. He gives good gifts to his children. That is who God is. And that's who he's made us to be. We are his children. We were created to be his children. And through Jesus Christ, we have been redeemed and put back into, adopted back into his family. We have a good, generous father. The trouble is, we often forget it. I have a message from God in my heart concerning the sinfulness of the wicked. There is no fear of God before their eyes. In their own eyes, they flatter themselves, too much to detect their own sin. The words of their mouth are wicked and deceitful. They fail to act wisely or do good. Even on their beds, they plot evil. They commit themselves to a sinful course and do not reject what is wrong. Your love, Lord, reaches to the heavens. Your faithfulness to the skies, your righteousness is like the highest mountains, your justice like the great deep. 
You, Lord, preserve both people and animals. How priceless is your unfailing love, God. People take refuge in the shadow of your wings. They feast on the abundance of your house. You give them drink from your river of delights. I love that line. You give them drink from the river of your delights. For with you is the fountain of life. In your light we see light. Continue your love to those who know you, your righteousness to the upright in heart. May the foot of the proud not come against me, nor the hand of the wicked drive me away. See how the evildoers lie fallen, thrown down, not able to rise. Uh, I was reading this week, someone wrote of this psalm that it shows us that God's love is astronomic. It reaches to the heavens. His faithfulness is meteoric. It reaches to the skies. His purpose is titanic. It's like the highest mountains. God's justice is oceanic. His justice is like the great deep. It tells us that we can find refuge in the shadow of his wings, that we can feast in his abundance, that the fountain of life is found in him, that in his light we see light. some of the river of delights that God gives us as his people and yet the wicked turn from them and they plot their own scheme. They live outside of God's provision and try and take for themselves. Do you see the contrast there? Uh, I've got a picture here up on the screen, hopefully. Um, I had this picture up on my computer um, as I was preparing my sermon and Beck's like, why have you got a picture of Winona Ryder on your screen. <laughs> and I was like, oh, it's for my sermon. Um, in, um, in 2002, kind of at the height of her fame and fortune, uh, she's kind of come back a little bit, if anyone have watched Stranger Things, me and Ava quite liked watching Stranger Things. Um, probably. Kind of, not really. Um, Winona Ryder in 2002 was convicted of shoplifting. Uh, you may remember this. She had so much, she had heaps of fame, heaps of money, yet she chose, made this bizarre choice to steal. Um, I don't really know what was going on for Winona, no one really does, but I do know that she did exactly what this psalm is talking about. She forgot the blessing and abundance that she had and felt like she had to take and come up with a stupid plot to grab something when she lived in all this abundance, it's um, not wisdom. The psalm grieves over it. It's like, why do people do this? Why do we live outside the generosity of God? It's pointless and stupid. So often we do the same thing. We forget the generosity God's given us and live as though we need to snatch and take. We live out of this idea of lack rather than this idea of abundance. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, Beck took Piper for a walk. Um, Piper's not in here, so I can tell stories about her. Hopefully she doesn't watch the live stream later. Um, Beck tried to take Piper for a walk, I should say. Um, it didn't go down well. Piper wanted to know why she had to go. And Beck told her it was a surprise. And 
Piper was not having a bar of it. She was not happy with the surprise. She kept on de demanding to know where she was going to go and that she didn't want to walk and that she refused to get ready and she dissolved into tears and it's like, why are you making me do this thing? Piper's um, quite obsessed with fidget toys at the moment, um, probably like most of the kids. What she didn't know was that there is a house near our house where a lady has a garage full of fidget toys. She's got this shop in her garage. And that was where Beck was going to take her. And here she was like, saying, why do I have to and where are we going? And I, I want to know. And in the end, we had to say to Piper, Piper, is mum good? Is mum kind? Can you trust her? And begrudgingly, she went, yeah, okay, mum's pretty good. Right, I'll go. That was enough to get her out of the door. She was still crying, and she was still complaining on the way, I imagine. Yeah, when she arrived at this lady's garage, it was, it blew her mind. It was like heaven for Piper, just being surrounded by all these little gadgets. Um, it's a cute story about Piper. I like telling cute stories about Piper. But here's the thing. So often we're just like her. Jesus says, come follow me. He is good. He is kind. But we act as though he's asking us to do something that is painful or horrible or that we don't want to do. We don't want to bar of it. We push back and we complain. We have this image of God that he is mean-spirited or in the business of making things hard for us for no reason. We forget that God is kind, that he is good, that he is generous, that with him is life. And if he asks us to follow, his plan is to bless us. Piper is a kid. She's still learning. That's what you should be doing as a kid. But most of us here in this room aren't kids anymore. And yet we still forget the generosity of God. So this morning, what I want to do is just remind you, remind you again of the generosity of God, that God is generous. His plan is to abundantly bless you, to allow you to drink from the river of delights. Um, I want to be super clear as I remind you, I'm not talking in general terms here. I'm not talking about people in general. I'm not doing the plural you. God's plan is to bless you in particular, each and every one of you. Do you know that in your heart? The way to understand if you know it in your heart is, do you live like that? It's a very different thing, knowing something in your head and knowing something in your gut. And God calls us to know in our gut that he is good and kind and generous and step into that life with him. God's promise to Israel is his, also his promise to us. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. God has plans for you. In fact, right from the beginning, we see God uh, reminding people of his generosity. We see him putting it into practice. Beck read from Psalm 103, and I just want to read it again. Praise the Lord, all my soul. 
all my inmost being, praise his holy, holy name. In my guts, praise his name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and don't forget his benefits. He who forgives all your sin and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, not the plural you, you. Who satisfies your desire with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. As someone who's just turned 40, that's a great promise to remember. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbour his anger forever. He doesn't treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we were formed. He remembers that we are dust. The life of mortals is like grass. They flourish like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it and it's gone, and its place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him, and his righteousness with their children's children, with those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. I could go on reading this psalm. I uh, just want to dig into it a little bit and, uh, again, remind you what it means to praise God in our souls. Before I do, though, it just suddenly struck me I don't know why I didn't put two and two together as I was preparing the message this morning, but yesterday, me and my family uh, did uh, something with the rest of our extended family. We scattered my grandma and my grandpa's ashes uh, down at the beach. Uh, How many generations got together? Three? Four? Three, yeah. Three generations. my mum's generation, my generation, and our kids. So there was a fair few of us. My um, grandma and grandpa had five kids, and each of them had multiple kids, and each of them has multiple kids. So you're looking at a fair clan gathered together on the beach. We scattered their ashes. One thing about my grandma and grandpa is they love Jesus. You can see that blessing in their life, and you can see the blessing that has been passed down to their children and their children's children his faithfulness. Um, The Lord remembers that we are dust. The wind blows over it and it's gone. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him and his righteousness with their children's children. Um, I'm living testament that this is true. The life that my grandpa and grandpa lived in God, with him, has flowed out and blessed our family abundantly. So I just want to remind you of a few things. Eli's laughing at me. Maybe it's not such a blessing <laughs> to my children's children. <laughs> Sometimes they're a curse. <laughs> oh, did I? Oh, grandma as well. <laughs> um, so I just want to go through the psalm and remind you of a couple of truths. First thing it reminds us of is God's generosity in creation. 
that God has created this beautiful, extravagant, spectacular universe as a testament to his awesome generosity. He didn't have to make the stars, but he chose to. Um, He has placed us in this amazing creation. At the beginning, he put us in a garden to enjoy it and tend to it. I was reading about how many uh, different varieties of fruit there are in the world. It's incredible. Some of them are gross, but most of them are amazingly delicious. And God didn't have to do that. He could have just uh, gone bananas, fairly nutritious. You can get everything that you need from that. You're just having bananas. But that's not what God did. Uh, He has been generous in his creation. If you've forgotten this, get outside. Look at a tree, look at a flower, then look at the next one and see God's amazing, generous creativity. So it reminds us God is generous uh, in creation. It reminds us of God's generosity in covenant. That even though he created us, he chose to enter into a relationship with us, to have a covenant, to commit to us, to promise to bless us. That God keeps his covenant with us, not because we deserve it or have earned it or um, are on a par with him, but because he is generous. God has chosen to come down into his creation and enter into this relationship with us. It reminds us of God's generosity and salvation as well, that he redeemed us and set us free from slavery. Uh, At the time this psalm was written, the key event in that was the exodus, that God defeated the enemies and set his people free that that was the costly gift of God. And we as Christians standing on the other side of the cross know just how deep that cost was to set us free from the ultimate enemy. That God is gracious in salvation. The psalm goes on to talk about God's guidance and the law. That God didn't just set us free and then leave us to our own devices, that he actually instructed us and gave us wisdom and direction. He shows us how to live life well in this good creation that he's given us. And his law is not a burden. His law is there to set us free. Built into the law is this understanding of rest, of enjoyment, of not having a huge burden placed on us, but of setting us free. And it reminds us of God's generous provision. The psalm talks about the way in which God leads his people and cares for them and blesses them and provides everything that they need, that he's brought them into a land flowing with milk and honey. Uh, In Deuteronomy, how are we going for time, Becky? In Deuteronomy, (laughs) God reminds us, (laughs) (laughs) reminds his people. He says, all these blessings will come on you and accompany you if you obey the Lord. So I'd love you to read this as a promise to you. You will be blessed in the city and blessed in the country. The fruit of your womb will be blessed and the crops of your land and the young of your livestock, the calves of your herds and the lambs of your flocks. Your basket and your kneading trough will be blessed. You'll be blessed when you come in and when you go out. The Lord will grant that the enemies who rise up against you will be defeated before you. They will come at you from one direction but flee from you in seven. The Lord will send blessing on the barns and on everything you put your hand to. 
the Lord your God will bless you in the land he is giving you. The Lord will establish you as his holy people as he promised you on earth if you keep the commands of your Lord, your God, and walk in obedience to him. Then all the people on earth will see that you are called by the name of the Lord and they will fear you. The Lord will grant you abundant prosperity in the fruit of your womb, the young of your livestock, and the crops of your ground, in the land he swore to your ancestors to give to you. The Lord will open the heavens, the storehouses of his bounty, to send rain on your land in season and bless all the work of your hands. You will, lead to, you will lend to many nations but will borrow from none. The Lord will make you the head, not the tail. If you pay attention to the commands of the Lord your God that I give you this day and carefully follow them, you will always be at the top, never at the bottom. Don't turn aside from any of the commands I give you today, to the right or to the left, following other gods and serving them. God is generous. I'm not going to go into this today, but one of the reasons we gather in this place is to remember his commands so that we can live in the generous blessing of God. We as a people are committed to listening to Jesus and being obedient to what he's calling us to with the recognition that his plan is to lead us into life. We forget it. Um, Ephesians 1 verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Uh, Old Testament talks a lot about the practical blessing. But one of the things that we know in Jesus Christ is even though that blessing is still incomplete, we're waiting for the return of Jesus and the establishment of his kingdom, that we now have the deposit of the Holy Spirit. We have that spiritual blessing in us right now. We have that freedom. We have that abundance and it guides us and leads us. So even though we're living between the time of God's ultimate completion of his blessing, where there is hardship and there is lack, that through Christ we have already received the blessing in the spiritual places and it's starting to work its way out through us and in us. That's who God is. Don't forget it. In your innermost beings, praise him. Paul says the same thing. He says... Uh, mm, let's cut this short... He says, I pray that being rooted and established in love, you may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. Now unto him who can do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. The knowledge that Jesus talks about is not knowing in your brain. It's knowing in your heart. It's about having a heart that sets its direction towards God, that says, Lord, I will uh, pursue you. I will trust you. I will follow you. Jesus says there is power in that, that his power. Um, someone here today probably needs to hear that there is nothing that stands in the way of the blessing of God. No sin, no brokenness. Um, there are things that will be incomplete. 
but there is nothing that can stand against the power and blessing of Jesus. And that thirdly, God does beautiful things. There is beauty and joy and life that God brings. He doesn't just do the practical job. I don't know if my dad was a bit like this. He was really practical, wasn't much of an artist. So he'd get things working and get things working really well. God does that, but he's also like, um, a bit more like Michelle. (laughs) He makes beautiful things out of broken things. And we need to hear that, that that is his nature, that sometimes we see the brokenness, but we don't see the beauty that's on the other side of it, that God is going to work. That's who he is. So I'd encourage you this morning, train your hearts upon Jesus. Be thankful. Remember his generosity. And um, so good to have our kids back in with us. Uh, Remember that his blessing is for your children and your children's children. He has blessed us abundantly here, so I'm going to hand back to Becky, but I'm going to pray just as we finish up. Lord Jesus, I thank you that we are invited to feast from your abundance, that you have welcomed us back into your family and given us uh, to drink from your river of delights. Thank you that your love is meteoric, your faithfulness is astronomic, your purpose is titanic, and your justice is oceanic. Thank you for your unfailing love. Lord, I pray with the psalmist that we would continue to stand in your love as individuals, as your church, as your people. Thank you that that love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. Please continue to pour that into our hearts. Help us to remember that we come from a place of blessing, not from a place of meanness. Help us to remember your generosity and that you provide above what we could hope or need. Lord God, we praise you. Amen.